zone, looking for Pierce. Did he hang on? Yes. Touchdown. Back as I've been around. Here he goes again. Busts free. Jerome Ford down the sideline. Foot race. Pass call. Touchdown. 79 yards. This is a big one too. And it's going to go all the way to the house on the first play. It's that time, everybody. Another Bearcat Blitz coming your way right now, wherever you're watching us, whether it's on YouTube, your favorite podcast feed, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, all the great podcast platforms. Also, Bally Sports as well. We made our debut on Bally Sports the night before the Bearcats' big drubbing 66-13 against Eastern Kentucky. Uh, right after the Reds game and the farm to the show on Friday night, this past Friday night. So that was very cool to see myself and my co-host, Dominic Goodman. I'm, of course, Russ Heltman, your All Bearcats reporter. Catch allbearcats.com for all the great UC football, basketball coverage. And, of course, Dominic Goodman, my co-host, former UC wide receiver. Got to see a brand new UC wide receiver put up a big day in a limited snap diet. What an efficient Great performance out of Xavier Henderson and a fantastic, fantastic start to the season for the Bearcats. 66 to 13. Dominic, they were so close, man. We were just talking about it pre-show. So close to getting you to 70 points, hitting that score prediction. 66 to 13. They didn't even really run up the score at all, really. It was just guys out there making plays. And Scott Satterfield kind of acknowledged that and touched on that in his post-game press conference. Um a great example was freshman wide receiver Barry Jackson, a standout in the spring game. First catch of his career, 65-yard house call from Brady Lichtenberg. It was also his first touchdown throw of his career. He also had his first rushing touchdown. Brady Drogosh got to get in the game. We had multiple guys on defense, young guys get in the game. Dominic, as we kind of introduce you here and bring you to the show, this was basically if you're a Bearcats fan, Bearcats alumni, and Bearcats reporter that's interested in what this team might be able to showcase throughout a season, it was basically hitting on every single cylinder, so to speak, in terms of that injured firing out there on Saturday at Nipper. Yeah, it was great to see. You know, um, what we talked about before, um, the, those games going against them, uh, going against AKU, kind of like one of them games, a warm-up game, uh, game pretty much hit somebody else, and and they came out firing like what they were supposed to do. Um, Completing, uh, completing the balls, running the ball well on the ground, and and then when the game's up like that, that's a chance for them young guys to get a taste of the, of them uh, college football, especially on Saturdays. Um, and it was good looking at the stats. A lot of young guys made some plays, um, had a chance to make an impact, and and have a, give a, give the coaches a chance to um, see what they can do with them for years to come. Yeah, no doubt. And the fact that you had just an instant burst from this offense, I think that was my biggest thing as we kind of go through the game here. First drive, first, I believe, 10 or 11 passes for Emory Jones were completed in this game. It was a first five drive scoring run for the Bearcats. I believe they scored touchdowns or field goals on every single one of their first five opening drives uh, against a defense that we need to say this, and we need to, to be upfront about this right here. One of the worst in the FCS last year, Dominic. They gave up 35-plus points per game. They were returning just three starters on that side of the football. 
it looked like it early on. They were discombobulated. I, I mean, guys were getting separation all over the place. There was that one play where Jones ate. He, I think it might have been in the end of the second half or beginning of the third, uh, first or beginning end of the first half, beginning of the second half, where Jones ate just a brutal hit uh, in the pocket, delivered the football to a wide open Braden Smith. It was a busted coverage down the right sideline. He went to the house basically untouched, had the dive at the end to be able to get there. But overall, just just play to play, down to down with this first team offense out there. It was exactly what you'd think you'd see against an FCS opponent, but albeit a, a, a decent FCS opponent overall. And that takes me to the defense where they force four turnovers in this game, multiple force fumbles. We had Daniel Greshik. You get to see instantly, Dominic, what kind of impact that guy can have as an eight-plus sack player at Utah State last year. Well, you take him out of that environment, put him into one of the best defensive lines in the country and arguably the best interior defensive line unit in the country. And it was like, I was going to ask the question, but a, a reporter asked it in front of me yesterday, uh, just what was it like, or not, on yes, not yesterday, on Saturday, just asking Greshik what it was like to be able to get that kind of space, be able to get that just less attention that he's usually used to. He's like, hey, fine by me. I'll be able to, to shoot down the line, be able to get a better one-on-one -on -one opportunity. And as a veteran player, he made a note of this. I'm going for that football. When I get near the quarterback, I'm not going for the sack. And when you think about Bearcats, Blackcats defenses of the past five years, Dominic, they've been known for defensive line play and forcing turnovers. And we saw that to a T on Saturday. Yeah, and that's a big thing to have when you uh, get the turnovers, get uh, offensive chance out there on the field. Um, it was good to see the defense um, explode like that. You know, it, it, it kind of sets the tone for what's to come next. Uh, and I think with the offense doing what they did, especially in the run game, um, opens up the opened up the pass, did a lot of play actions where they got them deep shots. And, and I think that's what's going to – going to carry them throughout the season uh, as long as they can establish that run game. And I think defense, like you said, they got a line like that. It makes it easy for the linebackers to shoot the holes and plug the uh, plug the holes and stop the run. And then with the secondary, you know, secondary play good, you know, um, they give up too much, um, play solid. And it just it's just exciting. Even though it was against AKU, uh, we see some teams in college football where, they blow them games, they lose them games, or come off bad. But Bearcats came out ready to go and and came out firing off all cylinders. So it was great to see, and I'm excited. I just can't wait to the next game now. Yeah, man, yeah, man. We're gonna get into the, that pit matchup a little bit. We won't preview it full heartedly, but there is a betting line out there that I want to talk to Dominic about. A very notable betting line when you think about the history of this Bearcats program over the past 18 months of football and how well respected they've been in terms of comparison to their opposing teams on the other side of these matchups week in and week out. But you bring up that defense and kind of continuing to tie a bow here. We'll tie a bow on this wrap up and then dive into our top takeaway from the game and get into a break before we, uh, we go on the other side with star of the game. We got Ivan Pace returning to Nippert Stadium as well on Saturday. It was cool to see him there. And then we'll wrap it up with that note on the Bearcats being underdogs to Pittsburgh. But Parker McKenney comes into this game, Dominic, just all-time leader across the board at Eastern Kentucky in passing yards, just every major passing statistic. He's a preseason uh, FCS All-American, I believe, or at least all-conference going into the season. Is one of the better quarterbacks in the FCS, is a very experienced quarterback, a quarterback that you and I talked about, has taken out 
Bowling Green last year. Obviously, it's Bowling Green. They're in the MAC. We get it. But it's an FCS school. They took them down, or FBS school. They took them down last year. And they went to the wire with Eastern Michigan. They're not conference in 2022. The Bearcats forced them to go 54% from the field, 177 yards, and one touchdown for just a 113 quarterback passer rating or college passer rating. It was a dominant, dominant showing from the front. I thought even though Sammy Anderson went out early, and this is going to be the biggest thing that could hamper the Bearcats and really torpedo their season, if you look at a negative side of the of this of this game, as Sammy Anderson goes down, how healthy is he going to be? Are they going to be able to get him back? Coach um, Coach Satterfield said it was like a head contusion. I don't know if that means concussion. Doesn't exact doesn't exactly say that. So we'll see how. Uh, he progresses through the rest of this week. Maybe he'll be out at practice when we're uh, able to be there for the media viewing. We'll check that out and report back uh, later in the week if I see him. But the the fact that you have him go down and you still stay steady against EKU's passing attack is solid, but you definitely just can't have too many of these injuries, too many of these nicks and bruises because the Bearcats for sure have, I think, power five, top half of the power five caliber starting talent across the board at almost every position on either side of the 11. But once you get to that second string and that third string, it's really where teams like the top national title contenders start to separate themselves because they have that depth where they're able to spot them in for two or three weeks and hang on and continue to stack wins and not have those nicks and bruises hamper them fully um, in terms of suffering losses. Yeah, especially with that. I mean, Anything with the head 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 injuries is, is something you really got to look at, and, and, and yeah. that's something that we kind of got to hope that it ain't too bad, it ain't too crazy. But um, but always, it's 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 always the next man in. It was, you know they got to. That's the thing about college football. You always got to get ready for the next guy because injuries does happen, and you don't want to get in a situation where you having your uh, most of your starting guys, your your top guys being injured because I can enter the defense and we all know that especially with the big 12 you can't really have a defense that's um, um that's that don't got the full foul full foul power because you know yeah you see tcu put up 42 points and still lose you know and, and that's what the big 12 is all about they're gonna put up their points and if you have a defense like we've seen um on saturday and come out and do that same thing in the big 12 this season um it's gonna be a lot of a lot of good things going on the bearcats way no doubt. No doubt. As we we kind of look forward and, and wrap up this game a little bit, the Bearcats second largest point differential in the Big 12 this weekend, only Oklahoma, who ideally beat Arkansas State and FBS school, uh, Sunbelt school. I'm pretty sure Arkansas State's in 73 to nothing. So that freight train coming to Nippert Stadium in about two weeks time here. Uh, that's going to be very, very interesting. Three weeks time, excuse me, and see how Dylan Gabriel and Brent Venables crew can and fair in the Big 12 opener on September 23rd. But moving forward, the Bearcats 66 to 13, massive point differential. I think the coaching staff, the players, everyone all around controlled what they could control. I think that's the term in the way that you should frame this win. They controlled what they can control. They gave up one touchdown drive to Parker McKinney. I thought he was solid on that drive. They moved the ball really well in the quick game on that drive in the first half. And then Brian Brown adjusted. I mean, there was nothing really happening the rest of the way there. They averaged right around four yards per carry. They were forced to run the ball more than they could throw the ball just because, in my eyes, they just could not figure out a way to get Parker McKinney enough time to keep him away from that Bearcats pass rush. And the fact that they were able to put up two sacks, but put a ton of pressure on the quarterback, get a lot of a lot of just 
A lot of action in there in the backfield. Eric Phillips leads the way PFF-wise with defensive grading, 84.8 overall. He was a monster out of the, the Cole Rain ranks in that game. He looked very good. And then offensively, to Xavier Henderson and Emory Jones both post 90-plus grades. Henderson, 92.5 overall, and Jones, 91.5 overall. Both career-high PFF grades for those players and top 12 marks in the country this past weekend at the respective positions. So very, very good outings out of them. And my top takeaway, Dominic, I think is just that. They controlled what they can control, and we got to see the comfortability and I think just the culmination of this summer offseason and player, player grouping, player retention, player additions. When you think about the guys that went up in the press conference earlier in, in this weekend, Emory Jones, Xavier Henderson, Corey Kiner, Daniel Greshik. All of those are transfers, three of which transferred into the program this year. So the fact that this staff, this recruiting staff, you got to, I think, give them a nice small golf clap, not big full clap because you get an FCS small golf clap. You control what you can control. You got the job done in your first week. And now, can you do it on the road against Pittsburgh, a school with so much history? I'm looking at history right here with with a, a guy that's got history with Pittsburgh and uh, knows a little something about the Bearcats going on the road and winning in Pitt. So the true test coming next, Dominic, but the team controls what they can control in week one. Yeah, of course. That's all you can do. And um, and the biggest thing will take off from um, EK, AKU, EKU's quarterback. Um, it just shows the difference from – when you're going against basically when you're going against a, a big 12 school and going against a max school, it's a big difference. Cause you got guys flying around. It's big, bigger, faster. Um, you got guys that's all can, capable of making plays all over the board where you go to a school like a Mac or EKU is more, it's more finesse players, more of a, more of a spread out style game where you got big 12 is kind of like, you got to have big guy, big guy that's fast. So it's just a different style. And I think that's what's, that was kind of a shock to EKU, but, you know, um, it's just a difference with um, conferences. And as um, far as just um, taking away with the transfers, I think college football has kind of switched to that now where the transfer portal is open to get them veteran guys where kids are going to a school and just staying there for one or, one or two years to get bigger and faster. And then it's like, all right, let me go ahead and see where the transfer portal works. And then you kind of land at these schools coming in as a veteran where you just – Got to come in, learn the plays, and then all everything else comes to uh, comes to light because you already been through the practices. You already know what the coaches expect. You already that size. You already fast now. It's just going out there playing around uh, great talent. No doubt. As we enter the halfway mark of this Bearcat Blitz, great great outing for the UC football team to start the twenty twenty three season. Second best outing point wise in the Big 12 as they also moved up, I believe, 19 spots in ESPN's FPI uh, in the top 30 now of that analytical ranking. So look out for the Bearcats as they are trying to keep stacking wins. And when we come back, can Emory Jones keep stacking performances? He's never had two straight 80-plus PFF grades in his entire career as a quarterback. Can he continue to show consistency? Can he do it on the biggest stage Prime time in Pittsburgh, Power Five cross conference matchup. We'll talk about that next. Russ Eltman, Dominic Goodman. This is Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network.
Bearcat Blitz returns right here wherever you're you're catching us on podcast platforms, on YouTube, Talking Cats with Russ Heltman. You can catch all the interviews from Saturday's game and all of my interviews over the past couple of weeks at practice, plus all the Bearcat Blitz episodes with Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver, and I, my co-host, joining me just on the other side of the screen here. So, Dominic, 66-13 win over Eastern Kentucky. Emory Jones drops 345 passing yards, no turnovers, five passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, ties a program record for overall touchdowns in a game, matches up with his former buddy at Florida, now continuing buddy at UC with 149 receiving yards and seven catches, both career highs for Xavier Henderson. It looked great. The connection looked strong. The talk and the on-field production from practices over the last month and a half in terms of the deep ball move to fruition, proved to be fruitful in the actual games. Now, was it because of the defensive back play from EKU? I think a little bit, but there were moments in that game where Xavier Henderson, especially, I, I'm looking especially at the 30-yard reception over the middle of the field. I, I don't know if you caught this, Dominic, where he goes up, is tight man coverage, tight coverage on the on him on the uh, in the middle of the field. I believe it was the cornerback of the safety. They go up at the same time, 50-50 ball. Xavier Henderson rips the ball away from the defender's grass or kind of right out of his the, the defender's area and makes the play in an athletic showing his six foot three, two hundred pound frame to set up the D Wiggins touchdown, his lone catch for 39 yards from Emory Jones. Are these weapons and what you saw to Emory Jones enough to think that? He's going to actually explode and hit his four-star top 100 recruit potential this year. Or was it more so, I need to see it against Pitt. I need to see it against Miami, Oklahoma. I need to see it a full body of work this first month of September before I start saying Emory Jones is going to be the next great quarterback season at Cincinnati because he can't be here too much longer. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a mixture of everything. A little bit of both for is like the, um, having – when you got weapons like that that can make plays for you as a quarterback, it makes life easier because uh, all you can do as a quarterback is throw the ball in, in the right in the right place, right area, and they got to make the plays. And I think just in that game, Jones made a lot of good reads, uh, got rid of the ball quick, um, made plays on his feet, Um and I think that's great to see because he seems like a guy that can manage a game. And and I think he's a guy that can, if a game does get tied to the wire where we just got to do have have long possession drives, 10-play drives, I think he's a guy that can manage it. And um, and having those weapons help a lot, you know, uh, especially, like you said, tight coverage, 50-50 ball. Um, a lot of people don't make those plays, but he made that play, and that's reassuring to have, and, and that makes the quarterback confident. So I'm thinking – I'm feeling we're gonna see a lot of more deep shots and um and having a being comfortable with um Henderson at playing with him before and they're gonna have a connection. So I, I expect a lot of that of them too this season. Dominic, did you ever like when, when you were out there making plays downfield, like an intermediate route or a deeper route, would you rather have the play be wide open? Like would you rather have created separation on a nice move at the line or a nice way that you were able to get out on your break and just just be able to beat a guy with agility or did you prefer to be like a more of a moss guy where you could go up 50 50 you're in tight coverage and it could be like man on man mano e mano i took that football from him it, what is it's kind of like to me it kind of feels like hitting a three-pointer in basketball versus dunking in basketball which one did you prefer 
uh, in terms of the, the style of catching in your career? I, I always liked the Mawson because uh, for the simple reason, it's kind because of, football is a, uh, it's a, it's a physical game. It's kind of a bully yeah. game. So it's like, I just caught this ball over you. You played the best coverage you can ever play, but I still caught it. So it's demoralizing to them. So it, I think when you just beat them off the line and, it's cool, but it's like it's wide open, and sometimes that's scary when you're wide open because it's so wide open, you just right. lose side of mind, side of frame. You think a touchdown, you drop it. So I think it's more, I think it's more better just to catch it over somebody, and and it, it makes good for the top ten plays. There you go. I think I, I kind of agree too. Like the the Xavier Henderson, the deep ball was nice when he caught the touchdown to open the game, but I, my personal favorite catch from the weekend was. That, uh, that 30 yard crossing route over the middle. That was that was nasty stuff and showed off his athleticism and high point catch ability. So star of the game real quick here as we kind of round out the overall body of work from this past weekend here on Bearcat Blitz. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, all Bearcats reporter. He's my co-host, Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver. I'm going to roll with Xavier Henderson because I think, I, I mean, one of us is going to pick Jones. One of us is going to pick Henderson. I'm going to roll with Henderson because of the comfortability I think he added to this performance for Emory Jones. The fact that he came here in the second transfer window, maybe things aren't as swimming in terms of offensive production, in terms of offensive storyline, feel coming off ball camp, if Xavier Henderson did not actually make the choice to come to Cincinnati and bring his talents here as a top 20, as I mentioned when he first came here a few months back, top 20 SEC wide receiver last year. The, the the comfortability that adds, the chemistry that adds, just the overall soundness and glue it adds to the entire offense, I think is why I'm going to go with Xavier Henderson as the top star of the game for week one. What about you, Dominic? I'm going to go with Jones um, just for the simple fact he was somebody, everybody was kind of like, what's he going to do? How's he going to play? Um, yeah. The receiver is pretty much easy. Receiver, we just go out, run our routes, make plays. But quarterback, it's a lot of stuff going on. Stuff you gotta, you the leader, um, especially during game, before games, before game, watching film, knowing your assignments, making sure everybody on the same page. And, and I felt like he had a great game, did well, managed the game, made the plays. And I think, I think I had to give it to him just for that, for that reason. Um, he just had a good showing, distribute the ball out to everybody. Um, made plays on his feet, and it made it exciting. It made the Bearcats fans eager for the pick game. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Put a big, big gold star on that pick game for sure as we uh, get ready for hopefully a shining star of a game on Saturday night as the lunch lady, Emery Jones, gets going, uh, hopefully trying to stack up some more great cafeteria food. Uh, a courtesy of Xavier Henderson. That's not for me, Dominic. That's Mr. Henderson. He he dropped that in the post-game press conference, said he was calling Emory the lunch lady after that game because he was feeding everybody, feeding everybody. I, I believe, I think it was like seven or eight Bearcats, at least seven Bearcats caught passes from Jones in that game and a lot of good stuff from Henderson. I, I think somebody else asked him, what, why was there any feeling, any different feeling for Henderson when he woke up this morning? And he said, I just woke up listening to G Herbo. Felt really good. I was ready to go. I was like, let's go. I'm like, this is this is my kind of guy. He's giving I love I love the wide receivers, Dominic. I tell I've told people that a lot this weekend. I love every position in football. I do. I love all the players, but you guys give us give us the most great content and and have the have the best personalities in my eyes. So love to see it. Love to have a guy like Henderson on the roster, on the team, dropping plays like that and dropping quotes like that as well. 
Should be a lot of fun against Pitt and a player that Scott Satterfield said he wished all the best and really wish he could have him on the field this year. Just obviously career timelines not working out. Ivan Pace Jr., the 2022 AAC Defensive Player of the Year, returns for game number one. Got a nice little shout-out standing ovation on the field before kickoff. That was so, so cool to see. Just the fact that this is one of the most important weeks of Pace's life coming in here with going into his first NFL season, first NFL game. I, there's rumors of him starting. I don't know if he's exactly number one on the depth chart, but he should be seeing action on Sunday in the Vikings season opener. I'm not exactly sure who they're playing in the first week of the NFL season, but very cool to see Ivan Pace Jr.'s journey culminate from undrafted, undersized player into playmaker and camp star and now active roster player on the Vikings. And then they come back and get that ovation from the crowd. It's, it's really cool. And it's just another in the long line, along with you, Dominic, of great former Bearcats just embracing and welcoming the fact that this guy was a one-year Bearcat, played at Miami, was a player that wanted to come to UC in the first place, ended up having to go to Miami, prove himself there, comes to Cincinnati, more than proves himself there, and now going to be hopefully for all the UC faithful seeing him making uh, big plays on NFL Sundays for years to come. Yeah, it's a great thing. Once again, shout out with Corain. We, we, we just if you need if you need anybody any college listening, just come holler at Corain. <laughs> we got the we got everything you need, you know. Uh, but no, nah, it's great, you know. Especially a kid from the city. I mean, get kid from Cincinnati. Um, get a chance, an opportunity to put on for the university and, and to do everything he did in one year is uh, remarkable. It's uh, yeah. great to see, um, and just to have him with that, you know. A lot of people get in a situation where they're undrafted, where their mentals is all messed up now, where they're thinking, like, I'm not good enough. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to pick me up. Like, what I'm going to do? Like, a lot of stuff can go on. But he took it in stride for us, like, I'm going to prove myself. And he went to Minnesota, proved himself um, time after time. And he's the guy, a hardworking kid with a good motor. And that's something you look for, especially with a defensive player. Um, you're looking for a guy with high motor and just flat out – going to go through a wall and that's the kind of guy he is and 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 i think he's gonna have a lot of success with the vikings and if he's not starting he will be because you know football is a game of injury so he's gonna have his shot his opportunity um even on special teams he's exactly i think vikings picking him up it's a great thing because they was needed they was a need for linebackers so um i'm just excited and i can't wait till the season start and just i'm gonna continue following him and and hopefully uh, we can get him on the show one day. So yeah, get Ivan on. He, I, I know. I, t I was. It was hard. I interviewed Ivan a couple times last year. He's a more of a quiet guy, more of a reserved guy. I don't. I don't know how how uh, how how much of a fan he was of me asking a lot of questions. But we'll try to. Yeah, we'll definitely try to get Ivan on for sure. That'll be a lot of fun and uh, yeah, check in with him throughout. He's his, more uh, of a guy like career. me. He just to himself yeah. and humble. Yeah, let it. Let the actions do the talking. That's a that's yeah. an Ivan Pace type thing. Save uh, save his energy for the field. That's what he likes to do. Exactly. Uh, for sure. As as uh, as Pace gonna be very very cool. And and the fact that he chose the Vikings, he got to choose the Vikings. Like when you're an undrafted player, that's the number one perk is the fact that if you're a highly sought after or undrafted player, you can go through your options and say this this depth chart looks a lot nicer than this other depth chart. I can go here and have a lot more opportunities possibly. And that's what we had happen in Minnesota. You have an injury as well. Brian Asamoah gets injured in training camp. You get a lot more opportunity for pace. And there you go. Final little note here before we say goodbye over the next couple of days and then return for our pit preview on Thursday. That'll also be the show 
that you can catch on Bally Sports this week. I believe it'll be on on Friday nights at 1030 or around 1030 whenever the Reds can maybe push us back a little bit. Uh, if they, I'm not sure if they're playing on Friday, but this time of year, they're usually almost always playing on Friday nights. So Pitt and UC, the old Big East foes, Dominic, running it back here. We'll dive into the history and all that in the first half of Thursday's show. We'll get Dominic's thoughts uh, on some of those big games as well. But seven-point underdogs, that's what I want to close with, Dominic. Seven-point underdogs, the Bearcats are. Fair or foul? Should the Bearcats be seven-point dogs to the Pitt Panthers, a team that I believe is ranked 28th in the ESPN FPI? They just won 45-7 to over, I believe it was uh, Wofford this past weekend. But Phil Jerkovic, quarterback, it was a decent performance through one touchdown, had a nice game-managing type performance versus Emory Jones' top 12 in the country as performance, according to PFF, and over uh, over six touchdowns, seven touchdowns posted up. Seven-point underdogs, Dominic. What do you think about that as the Bearcats face their biggest point spread as a as an underdog overall since the, since getting beat by the Alabama Crimson Tide as 13-and-a-half underdogs in the college football playoff? I mean, I'll take underdogs because, you know, shoot, when you're an underdog, you got nothing to lose. So, I mean, Pitt's a great, Pitt's a great team. Coach Narduzzi, a great coach, a guy. He coached, he coached me back in uh, when I was at UC. He was our defensive coordinator. Great guy. Um, great guy to be around. So I'm not surprised Pitt is doing the things they're doing over there. But, you know, um, Bearcat for life. And I take the underdogs because you got nothing to lose. And, shoot, it's a game where UC can kind of show themselves again um, across the across the, across the nation. So this is a game where they just go out, execute, and do what the things they got to do. Um, they will be successful. Going to be a very fun one. And I'll get my thoughts on all that. Wanted to get Dominic's quick thoughts on the on the line and get that out there for our audience as the Bearcats, wherever you can place wagers here in the state of Ohio, it is legal now, seven-point underdogs going to Pittsburgh to face the Pitt Panthers. ACC versus Big 12. This is where the true season really feels like it starts. This is where the real tests and the real questions start to get answered. Can't wait to dive into all of it more on Thursday and react to all of it on our next Monday show after the battle in the Three River City. For Dominic Goodman, I am Russ Heltman. This has been Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network. Sideline.